WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Warning Track, the student voice of Michigan State Baseball, bringing you news, analysis, updates, and much more for the Spartans. Everybody, welcome back here for this special edition, MLB Playoffs edition of the Warning Track podcast here on Impact 89 FM. I'm Zach Serdenik here with Michael Markoch, Darren Baydoun, Jared Ramsey, and Liam Jackson here to get things started. Really special edition, just a crazy playoffs, a lot of fun. What are you guys seeing so far? We're recording at about 5 o'clock on Wednesday so a lot of games have gone and a lot of games coming up soon. What are you guys seeing so far? Well, I think the biggest theme of the playoffs so far has been the pitching. Uh, pretty much every single game so far has been uh, under five runs for both teams. Each pitcher going deep into the game, deeper than what we normally see in the playoffs. Normally we see a lot of bullpen reliance. Uh, so I think that's, that's interesting, especially since um, people are hitting home runs at high – very high rates during the regular season. Um, not quite as much as last year, but it's, it was still an uptick. And so I think hitters will have to adjust to the new atmosphere. Uh, obviously, they can't rely on the energy of the crowd during a key at bat. So it's interesting to see how playoff dynamics have changed, especially without fans. I think yeah. the funny part about that is, though, like the best pitcher all season was the one who struggled last night. He didn't pitch very well. He just didn't have his good stuff. And, uh, I mean, they paid for it. I mean, 12-3, to 3, I mean, that was that was a route. And it hurts. It hurts me because I like the Indians. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's been very very well-pitched series around uh, all around. The Astros and the Twins was a very well-pitched series. Uh, the A's and Blue Jays had a good one yesterday. And Lucas Giolito almost threw a perfect game. So, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great couple days. Yeah, no, I would totally agree with that. I mean, there's this statistic for last last night games how the hitters for the offenses for all the teams yesterday, I think it, it says bad 175, struck out 54 times and walked only 15 times. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, even during just like regular seasons, teams load up on pitching because you know that in the postseason, you know, they want those lockdown starters and they want those, you know, high-powered bullpen arms who can come in and can get, you know, can get outs when they need to so I think it's just an extension of that and I think it's like you know like we'll get we'll get into the the twins and the and the Astros but for teams that you know rely on the home run a lot you know I think it's again for if for teams that can't that do that a lot and don't necessarily maybe not not necessarily know how to but aren't really versed in manufacturing runs it's something where if you run into a really good pitcher you're probably, you know, you're not going to probably be able to do a whole lot with your bats. So it's, I think that's a situation where even just in the normal season, we would have been seeing that, but especially in this, in this postseason where hitters, you know, there are, there are a lot of hitters this year who haven't had the, 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 you know, the whole season routine like they have to get maybe at, to the point where they were, they would be comfortable entering a normal postseason. So I would, yeah, it, I think pitching's probably, I think good pitching is probably going to be a thing we'll see throughout. We saw that today to carry on with the the Reds Braves' first uh, MLB postseason game to uh, be scoreless into the twelfth inning, and it ended with uh, a 
Freddie Freeman walk off, but there was that broke also broke the record for uh, most combined strikeouts in a play, postseason game. And I think uh, Matt Batscurgeon even said on the on the call that that one game had more um, more strikeouts than I think it was the 1976 World Series combined. They had like yeah, 32 combined in that World Series. Yeah, that's just the an insane stat. It's been. For me, as a guy who likes that kind of old school baseball feel, like it's been a lot of fun to watch. Just, it's been really enjoyable. So, we can kind of jump into these series. There's a lot of them, so we're kind of going to have to give our brief little thoughts here because we still got to get to our World Series picks and stuff later in the show. But if we want to jump in, we'll kind of go back around. Liam, if you want to start, just give your thoughts on the Astros Twin series. Um, I was a bit surprised. I thought the Twins uh, were uh, had, a, had a type of team that could make a run, and the Astros were having a uh, down near of sorts for them. But, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Kent Tomato, uh, he pitched pretty well. He, I think he went five, didn't give up a run, but um, well, they only scored one run, didn't give much support. So uh, And Bucks and I saw I was watching the game today. Bucks and got picked off in a key spot in the eighth. So just mistakes like that. You can't, can't make those mistakes in the playoffs. So come to hurry, especially a team that's – been in the World Series before, they know how to win. So the biggest yeah, no, thing I, when I was I, watching that game, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, you're, no, you're uh, good. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So the key duo for the uh, Twins of Polanco and uh, Buxton, their interior infielders, they struggled heavily in the field and uh, at the plate. They both didn't get a hit. Uh, they Buxton reached play or reached on base once through a walk and uh they ha- they manufactured the only error of the game for Minnesota and it was in a crucial time uh I think it was the eighth or ninth inning um and it allowed the Astros to load the bases with two outs and they ended up walking in the go-ahead run so I just and the twins led the MLB this year in fewest errors allowed so it's just small mental mistakes like that make me question whether they can get over a team with experience. Yeah, I know. I think, I, I mean, for me, and I think this, you know, we have the topic of how, how we feel about the Astros and are we over it now? I mean, say what you want about, you know, this obviously about, you know, about their cheating scandal or everything like that and about all the bad karma they deserve to have. But it's like, this is not a team that, this is still a team that has talent. Like guys like Correa and Bregman and Altuve. I mean, these are guys who were high picks and have had success even, you know, had and had success well before that was all that stuff happened. So, I, I mean, seeing the Astros play like that, I mean, since they're, I feel like when they're at their best, they're a team that's capable of playing well. It's not, I wouldn't say I'm a shock to see they beat Minnesota. Um, I think though, yeah, I think like Jared said, it's been, the Minnesota's experience they got they have a lot of young guys and that I mean you know as long as they continue to build around it they should be a team that should probably be able to be a factor in the American League for you know the next several years or so but um yeah I mean that you know they're a team that's heavily like I said earlier that's a team that's heavily relying on power and you know if, if the bats aren't going if they're not able to hit home runs you know I mean I know you know I know you got a couple of speed guys and guys like Buxton and, more, and Polanco and like that, but Buxton didn't play today other than a pinch running appearance where he got picked off. I think it was in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, and then so, you know, they just didn't – they weren't really able to get anything going against the Astros pitching, which was I'll – give, I'll give him credit for that. I mean, Granke pitched – you know, he pitched good in the four innings. He pitched in game one. And then Valdez came in, pitched great for those five innings. And then 
the Astros bullpen, which was as probably as patchwork of a bullpen as I'd ever seen put together in these 60 games that they played, um, you know, they came in the day and they were able to close it out. And yeah, so, I mean, they, they showed that, you know, we'll see what happens depending on whether they face the, what, you know, whoever wins between the White Sox and Oakland for the next series. But, uh, you know, they still could be a factor. They're, they're, they have enough hitters and, and decent pitching to where they can be a factor, definitely. I was like, this, this series to me kind of showed to me sometimes how important managing is. You're talking about the Twins who have a very young manager in Rocco Baldelli and the Astros who have Dusty Baker, who has been around for years and years and years. And just the, the way that they approach the lineups, the way they approach the Prince hitters, the way they approach the pitching was so much different compared to the other ones. Like yesterday, bringing in Valdez is not a move that you would have thought to do in like game one of the wild card series. And the Twins relied on their bullpen, and the bullpen let them down. And just even today, I mean, the, the Twins have always – I've watched a lot of Twins games this year, and they have kind of an annoying habit of taking starters out too early. They, they believe in their bullpen, I think, a little bit more than they should. And it, it kind of cost them. Their bullpen was not very good in this series, and they paid for it. Yeah, it was definitely something that was interesting. I filled out – a bracket before we act or before these playoffs started and the Astros was actually one of the upsets I picked which I'll take that one because how the rest of my bracket will probably turn out as we'll get to our picks later it's probably not gonna be too great Darren knows I sometimes have some very hot takes and uh <laughs> in terms of picks and we'll see how it goes uh but this series you guys kind of touched on it the Astros experience and their talent throughout their lineup it's it's enough to it was enough to knock off a twins team that now has lost a record for all American sports history, 18 straight postseason games. The last I saw you can't tweet, even imagine. Like I saw a tweet a couple uh, last night that said that the Twins' last playoff win can get its driver's license on Monday. Like I know the that's Pistons insane. are at 11, but they would have to make the playoffs two more times and get swept out both times for them to reach what twins. So that's a whole new level yeah. of net. Yeah. And in shorter series is in the MLB too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we will jump into the next series, the White Sox and A's. The White Sox won yesterday's game four to one and game two is going on right now with Oakland leading five to nothing. I believe going to the seventh inning. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're at the end. Yeah. It's going to the seventh. What do you think? What are your guys' thoughts on that one? Uh, well, I mean, the the White Sox, the way the White Sox played this year, I mean, they have been talked about the last couple of years as, you know, considering the, you know, the, the young prospects that they had and getting guys like, you know, Jimenez and, uh, and Moncada and Giolito, you know, I mean, all these guys, and they've been talked about the last couple of years being like, oh, this is the, the young sleeper team on the rise, and they hadn't done anything. You know, they hadn't been able to put together – I mean, some of those guys had flashed, but they hadn't been able to put together a full, you know, a full winning team yet. And this year, I mean, they – I mean, listen, they got hot during the, the middle part, you know, the middle part of this short season, and, I mean, they've ridden that. And, you know, I mean, you look at probably – I mean, obviously a lot of those guys have played well. Tim Anderson, you know, he hit 322 this year, you know, and, and once again, you know, backing up his – you know, winning the bang title last year. You got Jose Abreu, who's still mashing everyone, uh, even now into his mid-30s. Uh, I mean, and they're, you know, they've got a deep lineup, and, you know, they've got good pitching. Obviously, Gio Leo, he had a, 
I think he had what a perfect game into the sixth inning yesterday, right? Or I think yeah. like like close to that. Yeah, so, perfect through six. Yeah, yeah, no. So again, that although then again, I mean Oakland, I mean they're really, I mean they're really good too. They got a lot. I this is a, this is a series that I would be very interested in. Like it, it, like even in just a traditional five game series, I feel like this would be a, this is probably a, this would be very close just because I feel like both of these teams, you know, they've got good hitters, they've got good pitching. Like they're both. They, in terms of how they play right now, they're both good all around. Um, I think, though, yeah, I, although if I had to mm, – it's, it's, it's tough. Um, based on if this – based on if, you know, if Oakland holds up and if this goes to uh, a game three. Do you know who the pitchers would be tomorrow? Uh, they Let have a man. My MLB app here. Let's see. I think it'd be – uh, Yeah. To be determined versus to be determined. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All I can tell you, though, is watching the White Sox, again, they're another team that I saw a lot of this year because they played the Indians. But they, after Giolito, their pitching really takes kind of a hit. And so I'd be interested to see who they're, who they're going to throw out tomorrow if the A's can hold on here. Um, I think that could really determine this entire city. I mean, obviously, because it'll be game three, but. I really think that that could be the difference tomorrow because I don't – the White Sox aren't that deep in their starting pitching, and they're just – they just try to out-hit you. They just try to mash the ball. And, you know, that's a strategy that works, but when you get shut down, can your pitching hold up? It'll be interesting. I mean, to I mean they had Keiko going today in 11 games. He's got an ERA under two, but obviously Oakland got to him. So that was – I mean, if they were going – I mean, you know, you would think they would have their, you know, their two best guys. That would give them their best chance, but – yeah, we'll see if they're able to pull. Yeah, we'll see how they pull that. If they're if they, what they match up with tomorrow. Your guys' points were my exact reason why I didn't have the White Sox going far in the playoffs because I'm <clears throat> I'm worried about their pitching staff. They just don't have the um, same guys that um, other people in the AL have in the front and on the back of their rotation. It's just top to bottom, just like a step below. It seems like. Um, and so far, they have four runs through 16 innings in the two games. And for no, they blew them out yesterday. But anyways, their offense isn't nearly what it was in the um, in the regular season, at least so far through two and a, or one and a half games. And uh, I just if they can't get the bats hot, they just don't have a chance going forward because they don't have the pitching. I think um, I think the Sox. It's an exciting time for Sox fans, no matter what. Obviously, they'd like this win, but they're, I think they're a bit ahead of schedule anyway. And their lineup, I think, is going to be one of, if not the best lineups in the AL. Come in a couple of years, they're stacked. So, uh, I think hopefully they get the game three. It'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, especially because we aren't getting a game three of Astros Twins because that series is done. The Astros got both. I'd like to see at least a couple game threes just in terms of entertainment. I want some games to watch tomorrow and be able to enjoy some more playoff baseball and some exciting elimination games. I think this three-game format's really unique as we've started to see this year because the game ones are so important. It's so hard to come back when you're down 1-0 in a three-game series. And I think we're going to start to see that. I'm curious to see what it'll be or how many out of these eight series is the teams that win game one win the series. But Tampa Bay looks well on their way to winning this series in two, 7-1 in the third. And 
the A's are looking to be one of maybe the only team in the AL to advance it to three if the Indians can't get it done tonight. But we'll get to those series in just a minute. But I, I really do think that the A's have the advantage in this series in terms of the pitching, as we've kind of touched on a little bit. Giolito is the best pitcher in this series, in my opinion. But And Keuchel might be better than Chris Bassett, but Bassett has been dealing today. And down the stretch, he won AL Pitcher of the Month in September. He's been really good for the A's. But overall, the White Sox, I mean, Dylan Cease is really good, a young prospect, but he's in the bullpen warming up to come in for the White Sox right now, so he's not going to start tomorrow. I'm really not sure who they're going to throw out there for game three. And the A's, they've got Sean Manaya, who's been really good in the past, and a few other guys that could potentially that have some playoff experience where the White Sox don't have any of that experience on their team. Um, next series, we'll move on to one that I just kind of mentioned a second ago, the Rays and the Blue Jays. Game one, the Rays picked up a 3-1 to one win, now up 7-1 to one in the third inning of this one looking to advance and play the winner of the Yankees Indian series. Michael, if you want to start and give us your thoughts on that one. Well, I mean, this is a series that, you know, it's kind of unique because it's two teams that know each other very well. The Rays and the Blue Jays already having played each other 10 times in the regular season. Uh, everyone knows about the Rays pitching. I mean, you're talking Snell, Glass now, um, and just down the line. Um, their bullpen's very, very good. They're, I mean, they're the number one seed for a reason. I think the Blue Jays are a very intriguing team. They're kind of like the White Sox, I think. They're, they're a super young team. They got Guerrero. They got Bichette. They got Biggio. And I think, I think it was kind of a matter of experience pitching against inexperienced hitting. And the Blue Jays really haven't been able to do much offensively. And unfortunately for them, their ace got rocked today. And um, that's just not a recipe for success. Yeah, no, I think Tampa's dead. I, I would say it, it's not shocking to me to see Tampa because to, to me, to me, I just think I look, Tampa's just a team that, you know, they're, they may not have always have the best record in the league every year, but even like they, they're always, they're always well-rounded. You know, they're going to have really good pitching, which, which they obviously do, obviously do with Snell and Glass now and their, you know, and their bullpen. They've got, they're not like one of the best offensive teams in the league, but they've got enough guys. You got Brandon Lowe, you got Willie Davis, you've got um, trying to think, you know, uh, Austin Meadows, who didn't have a great season this year, but I mean, he's still, you know, who could still be there. You got a big home run, you got a big home run hitter in Hunter Renfro who hit a grand slam actually in today's game as part of their seven, one lead they have right now. So the Rays to me are just, they're, they're always very, they're, they're a, not necessarily a flashing team, but they're just so fundamentally sound. And I, so I think that helps in a situation like this against a young team like Toronto where, you know, they have ex- – obviously you got Vlad Guerrero, you got some exciting guys, but, you know, they're not – you know, that they're still really young and they're probably not ready yet. Like, I, if I were just jumping into these playoffs after not paying attention, I'd be like, Toronto made it? Really? <laughs> just because it's like, weren't they like – I'm like, wait, aren't they rebuilding still? But it's like – you know, it's just the unique nature of this postseason format. But um, no, I think yeah, I mean it's yeah, I think Tam- I think Tampa. I would pick them as like an e- probably as an easy win for that series. And then I think um, who do they have who do they have in the next series? Um, the Yankees or the Indians? Yankees that would oof, if they were to face the, that 
Yankees would be interesting. That would be really – that would be – They've had the Yankees number this season. Like yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven Although, and three against the Yankees or something? I don't yeah. know. Although the Yankees – I mean, we'll get into that game now, but the Yankees might – they might finally actually look like the Yankees again. But, um, yeah, no, I, no, my thing in the series like this, I think just uh, Tampa Bay is just – their overall experience and their pitching depth is just, you know, that's – I think that's going to be – you know, we just we just talked about pitching earlier. I think that's gonna that could help them really a lot in this particular postseason. Yeah, I think that as you guys kind of said, the Rays advancing here not necessarily surprise. I honestly, as much as I love the Rays in terms of their pitching, I don't know that I think they beat either team that they play in the next round. I think that either the Yankees or the Indians, I think would beat them. And I think that Shane Bieber, if he gets another chance, I think you're going to see him bounce back. He's too good of a pitcher to consistently get rocked. If they go back into that, I think you're going to see a really good pitcher's duel between Snell and Bieber if they face off in the ALDS. But we'll get into the Indians in a minute. But actually, we'll get into the Indians right now. Yankees and Indians. Game one last night was supposed to be the best pitching matchup of the entire playoffs between Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. And then it was a rout. 12 to, I mean, it, it was so bad that it was difficult to turn back to that instead of anything else on TV, which is saying something. So the Yankees picking up a 12 to 3 win with Garrett Cole going seven innings, 13 strikeouts, no walks. Only other pitcher to do that in postseason, I believe, is Tom Seaver. And that's just really dominant stuff. And that's why they paid him all that money. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that game and just that series? Do you think that the Indians have a chance to come back and win the next two games? I think the Indians have a great chance. I think they have the offense to hit, hit Tanaka. Um, they have – and then they have the they have the support and deep enough um, bullpen – to change a game if it's close. Um, obviously, the first game isn't what you want from Bieber. I still think he's uh, inside track for the AL Cy Young this year, despite his um, playoff debut. Labor Torres had an amazing game. Um, it was really all the pieces that you've been hearing about for the Yankees for the past few years. They finally all came together and showed that they were the Yankees. Like, Torres played well. Cold played well. Stanton... Stanton did stuff like they like they just came together and they showed the their full potential as being one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think this is this is a game where you know obviously the the Yankees, you know, and it seems like for the past couple of years they've had to all, constantly deal with injuries that's prevented their full team from being around for a lot of it. But yesterday, the Yankees looked like the Yankees that I think everyone thought we would see as long as they were able to stay healthy this year. You had Judd, you had Stanton, you had Torres, uh, you know, you had a full lineup. You had Garrett Cole just going out there. And I mean, listen, you know, we can talk about Bieber. I mean, he held up his end of the bargain. I mean, he may, I mean, he, you know, he was able to go out there and pretty much stymie the Indians. And, you know, I mean, he got a ton of support. You know, you got Luke, you know, you got Luke Voigt, who I think led the entire league in home runs this year with what I think 22 in those 60 games. So, I mean, the Yankees, you know, when they're healthy, they got – they're a team that, you know, yesterday, you know, I, I know I've said this about teams where, you know, homer-centric teams maybe if you don't know how to – if you don't manufacture runs, you might not do as well in, in a postseason where pitching is paramount. But 
the Yankees made that they they, they just basically took that and said like nope yeah we, we don't need to worry about that and they just I mean they just demolished uh, Beaver yesterday I mean I think yeah I think the pitching matchup I mean Cleveland does have a good enough offense you've got Lind that can hit so I and, and Carrasco's had a really good and has had a good short season this year so. I'll pro- I think I would take them to get game two. Um, but I think that if the but the Yankees listen, if, if that's the what works, if that's what they're going to be like for the rest of the, for this you know for right now for this playoffs, I mean, I mean that that team yesterday looked like just a, looked like a juggernaut with 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 the production they have. Yeah, they're the best team in the AL. If they can consistently play like oh, yeah. that. That's but that's the question. Yeah. And if they can stay healthy throughout a whole playoff run. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this series for me, like I said, I was really excited for the game yesterday. When you actually have a dog in the fight, it's a little bit easier. Um, and then just, I mean, four pitches in, Bieber gives Aaron Judge a fastball right down the middle. And I was stunned. I thought I've watched Aaron Judge in the postseason for years, and there's one thing Aaron Judge can't do. It's hit a curveball. And I was shocked he didn't throw him a curveball. And – just kind of watching the game unfold, I was like, all right, you know what? You know, it wasn't their night. I actually think the Indians had a good approach against Garrett Cole. Yes, 13 strikeouts is a lot, but when you're down by, you know, six runs in the fourth inning, you you have to start swinging for the fences. And, I mean, they got six hits. They scored two runs on him. Teams would teams would pay a lot of money to get that off Garrett Cole. And I think for as for the rest of the series – yeah, the, I mean, the Indians have Carrasco tonight. He's had a pretty good year, nice bounce back year from last year. Um, they, the Yankees have Tanaka. And then in game three, if there is a game three, the Indians are going to Zach Plesak, who has been – I mean, he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this season. And I think if it, if it goes to a game three, the word is the Yankees are going to pitch a rookie. So, I mean, it's I, – I think – I mean, it's hard to really say. If the Yankees play like that, I don't think there's a single team beating them in this entire postseason. But the Indians have the pitching advantage here on out. Their offense has been very hit or miss, but I think they have the AL MVP on their team. I think they have what is who's believed to be a superstar in Francisco Lindor. And I think, you know, I think they can do it. It's just, I think, I mean, tonight will show a lot. I think if the Indians come out tonight and they look good and they win the game. I think the Yankees will be in trouble tomorrow. If the Indians win kind of ugly today, I don't know about tomorrow, but you know, I think tonight's going to tell you a lot about this Indians team and, you know, getting to Tanaka will be a challenge. The Indians haven't been able to get to Tanaka in the past, um, but we'll see how it goes. I think you want to talk, like another theme of a couple of games we've been talking about is youth versus experience again. Um, Cole obviously has been there, done that in Bieber's second year. Had a great regular season, probably going to win Cy Young, but it's different in the playoffs. So experience over youth again in that game. It definitely is. I think, Michael, you made a good point about game three tomorrow. The Yankees, it sounds like they're going to go to J.A. Happ is who who has some playoff experience, but that's not a guy that I think that I want going over Plezak right now. And 
So Plesak's been on fire. I, mean, I think game three for the Indians is a scary proposition or for the Yankees. And I think the Yankees need to win this game tonight for them to advance and feel good about themselves going into that. Now, moving on to the National League, who we had a very, very long first game of the NL wildcard series is between the Reds and the Braves. But that pitching matchup between Max Fried and Trevor Bauer, two Cy Young candidates in the NL, that definitely lived up to every, all the hype that it had. Yeah, no, I, I was wondering – I was honestly wondering when the heck this game was going to end because it, it did not look like it was going to – I mean, even after both of the Stars came out, both the Reds and the, and the Lamb bullpens, I mean, they were holding their own. I'm like – I'm thinking, like, could this go 14, 15, more maybe? I'm thinking I'm, – I'm thinking, like, oh, boy. I mean, I'm thinking, like, how long are they going to – I'm just like, how long is it going to go? But, no, I mean, and that's – I mean, that, and that's the thing with, with Cincinnati. I mean, you have – you know, in, in a short series like this, you can put out, you know, you have Bauer, you've got Sonny Gray, and then you have um, Castillo. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, like, I think, I mean, that in a short series like this where you have three guys who can all go out and you can reasonably rely on each of them to have a really good game, that's, that, that's a kind of situation where if Cincinnati would have won this game, I probably would have taken them to win, to, probably would have taken them then in game two just because, you know, that starting pitching is really good. But, I mean, Atlanta, you know, they got – I mean, listen, they, they were able to walk that off with, you know, with Freddie Freeman. And, you know, now that's – I mean, obviously Cincinnati still has that good pitching, but I, I would have been – I would have had it as a lock that they would have won today. But now going into tomorrow, they've got – what is the matchup? they got Castillo versus – I think Atlanta still says two to be determined. So, hmm. That's a tough one. It's tough. That's a tough one for me. Um, I might go, although yeah, Castillo's been. I mean, Castillo's been great too. But that's a tough thing. Yeah, if if Cincinnati would have won this game, I think I would have taken them in this series. But Atlanta, I mean, a walk off win like that, that can really galvanize a team heading into you know heading you know being just starting the postseason. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough one. What I will say about Castillo though is Castillo like. He was, like, really good all season, but he got, like, what, eight losses or something like that? Like, he had, like, a ton of losses. He doesn't get a lot of run support. And, I mean, so it will be very interesting to see who Atlanta puts out there tomorrow because, I mean, if the Reds can't get a run support like they have in all season, they're not winning tomorrow. And, you know, so we'll see. I saw a report from one of the beat writers covering the Braves that said there's a possibility Ian Anderson starting for game two on uh, moving him up changing up the rotation but we don't really know uh, I think the biggest thing for me about this game was I went to my lecture at 2 30 and I come out of class and this game's still going on I'm like what the hell's going on and I, it was perfect timing on my part because I got back for the 13th inning or 12th inning but the thing that stuck out to me was the Reds' lack of a clutch gene. Um, in the 11th inning, they had bases loaded with two outs, and they couldn't get a hit or anything manufactured run. 12th inning, they had first and second with no outs and ends up with first and third strand, two more base runners. So they had four at-bats with runners in scoring position in extra innings to take the lead, and they just squandered it. And that's a testament to the Braves' bullpen as well, but 
the Reds need to figure out how to manufacture some runs because they didn't have anything going today. Another, I think uh, another funny point was that I think if this game was played in the regular season, it wouldn't have went this far because uh, they would have had a runner start on second base, and now in the playoffs, that's they played all year with that, and now it's not in there anymore. So it's kind of a weird discrepancy. So there's a lot of a lot of there's a couple of instances where uh, there's a runner at second. Like I think Bottle was a second, and someone had a base hit, and he uh, he froze because he thought it might have been caught, and he couldn't score on it. But they started with the runner on second that uh, that inning. Bottle's hit would have moved him to third at least, and then he probably would have scored there. So, You guys like that they took the rule away for the postseason? I just – I don't like that they added the rule to begin with. I I prefer traditional baseball for overtime, but the, I understand why they added the international rule for the short season. However, I just feel like they should have continuity in the rules throughout a year. So I feel like if you're going to go with the rule, you got to stick through it for the uh, – championship but that's here's what i think what i think they should do with it is the rule is there to prevent like these incredibly long games and teams throwing out of pitchers so what i really think should happen is they should play like the first three innings of extra innings normally then like once the 12th comes around then you put the runner on second because the later you get into the game that runner on seconds i mean it's really kind of a savior for you and i think but I think you should let, like, the first three innings play normally. And then you should, like, or probably around the 12th or 13th inning, that's when you put the runner on second to short the game. That's yeah, that's kind of like the college football. Once you hit third overtime, you have to go for two type rule in overtime. Yep. I, I don't mind the change for the postseason. It's kind of like in the NHL where they get rid of the shootout for the postseason. Mm-hmm. Or, like, well – it's a little different in football because in the NFL, because they just get rid of the tie, but it's, I like it. Um, And you guys really touched on it that the Reds just, they could not get anything to score late. Like they had so many, they had so many more opportunities. They, I mean, the attempted, the first to third thing in the eighth inning or the seventh inning was really weird. Um, it was like little ba- because, little kid baseball. Well, and especially because the meeting at the mound right before that they talked about on the broadcast was initiated by Swanson, the shortstop. That was what they were talking about, was what to do if he steals here because there's first and third and two outs. So are we going to throw? Are we not going to throw? Well, it just – it was po- very poorly timed and poorly executed by the Reds and very well executed by the Braves defensively and just – that kind of seemed like a theme of that game for the Reds. They got runners on. I mean, from the very beginning, they had two on with nobody out in the first inning. First and mm-hmm. third. And they couldn't do anything. And so that was a rough one for them, and it's going to be tough for them to bounce back. Moving on to the next one. This game just went final in the last 10 minutes. The Marlins knocking off the Cubs 5-1 to one in the first game of the series. A five or A five-run seventh inning by two home runs, Jesus Aguilar with a two-run homer after Corey Dickerson put him on top with a three-run homer. and Boy, I love seeing the Cubs struggle. Yeah, I'm a, I, I picked the Marlins. I believe I picked them to go to the NLCS in my uh, bracket. I, I, I really like the Marlins. So I really like the brand of baseball that they play. They play, they manufacture runs. 
They have really good young arms. They might not have as much experience, but I'm going to go. I like it. So what are you guys' thoughts on that series as a whole? I was going to say, well, first of all, to the Marlins, I mean, I would – I would I would love for them to make a run just because of how like just because for you know they've been they've been a joke for so long and now just to see them come out like again the only time I'll just I'll say this the only time they made the the only two times they've made the playoffs they've won the World Series each time so it's it's like I mean I don't know it's a weird year so I mean I guess it'd be fitting if somehow of all teams the Marlins ended up being like going to like you know, making a deep run or something like that. But I mean, looking at the Cubs, I was actually I was actually kind of surprised to see that how that they played as well as they did this year, just because it seems like just ever since they, you know, once they got that once they won the World Series back in twenty sixteen, they just they've they've never been bad, but they have just gradually started to get a little worse and a little worse and a little worse every year, whether it's in pitching or, you know, hitters not being quite as good anymore, health issues like with guys like Chris Bryant. So I'm not going to be shocked if Miami does, you know, after winning today. I, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if Miami won this series just because I just don't feel like Chicago is – I don't feel like they're that, you know, the same as a team like, it, say, Atlanta or, the, or certainly the Dodgers. So, yeah, I'll say it. Miami wins this series. I'll say Miami wins this series. I'll pick them at least to go to the next one. I'm probably not going to go past that just because, you know, it's still the Marlins. But, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I just – yeah, Chicago just – I just don't find them, at least with the way they play, with the way they are right now, I just don't find them as impressive as I used to. And, yeah, no, to me, yeah, I, I think – I'll yeah, I'll take Miami. I'll take Miami either in game two or game three if it gets to game three. I appreciate the uh, – the, the uh, reminder of the 2016 World Series. That was very nice. But – <laughs> I the, that the thing that I always <laughs> not intentional, not intentional. Just, just okay. Let, let's move on. But <laughs> the thing, like, the thing about the Cubs is, like, what was it? Two years ago, they blew like a five-game lead in the last month of the season in the division. Played the the division tiebreaker against the Brewers. Lost that game. Went to the wild card game, and then lost to a pretty bad Rockies team. Last year, they missed the postseason completely, finished third in their division. And then this year, all of a sudden, they go and they win it again. And I'm just – I, I, they're like a really weird team. Like, I look at the construction of their pitching staff. I look at the construction of their lineup. And they all just kind of blend together. Like, Hendrick stood out this year, had a really great season. But, I mean, like, otherwise, Les, John Lester's getting really old. He doesn't seem to have his stuff anymore. He still won't throw to first base. You Darvish had a – you Darvish might win Comeback Player of the Year. Um, you Darvish had an outstanding season, but I don't know how long they can expect that to hold up. And their bullpen's been an absolute train wreck. So, I mean, I, I just – the Cubs are just such a weird team, man. I don't know how they were as good as they were, um, considering last season they were so bad. But um, – and I haven't watched much of the Marlins this year, I'll be honest. But, I mean, after what they did – how they dealt with COVID this season. It would be one heck of a story if they made a run. Just, it would be, it'd be incredible. Yeah, I think the Marlins are the best story in the playoffs right now. Uh, after uh, Jose Fernandez died a few years ago and they changed ownership, they um, went into a stark rebuild and they traded two of the top five pay- players in baseball 
before their prime and Giancarlo Stanton and Christian Yelich. So it was, I was I was mad because I really liked those Fernandez, Stanton, Yelich, Marlins team. So I was mad at the Marlins for making those changes, succumbing to the financial pressures of being a small market. But they turned it around remarkably fast. Like the Tigers need to look at what the Marlins did to rebuild and take some pages out of their playbook because they just, they're so sound. They have a, they have a great pitching staff and it's just, it's a great young team for the Cubs. They have Darvish on the mound for game two. I think, I think that gives them an advantage in game two, but uh, they didn't get any offense going today. So if they can get a run support, I do think the Cubs should win game two. And then game three, it really all depends on the pitching matchup. See, as crazy as this sounds, I think the Marlins might have the pitching advantage this series overall. Like, in terms of pure talent, those three guys, their one, two, three, are insane. Sandy Alcantara today was really good. Six and two-thirds innings, allowing just the one run on the Ian Happ home run. And then the guy they've got going tomorrow is arguably better stuff in Sixto Sanchez, who's been insane. I mean, Pedro Martinez called him a young version of him with better stuff. I mean, it's he's really good, and that's going to be a pitching matchup that I'm super excited for tomorrow. That game's at 2 o'clock in game two tomorrow. And Liam, did you have any thoughts on that series? Uh, I thought they were going to win, but after watching, um, watching today and listening to what you guys are saying, I might have changed my mind. I think Darvish – I still – I hear what you say, and I agree, but I still think Darvish is going to get it done tomorrow. Um, but I think the Marlins can win in game three. I think that's what's going to happen, if I had to guess. Yeah, and the Marlins also have Pablo Lopez, who's been really good this season, on the mound for a game three. No announced starter for the Cubs yet, but that'll definitely be something to watch. Moving on, we've got the Padres and the Cardinals, which we talked about pitching. Well, this has not been not been pitching – friendly so far it's I mean the Cardinals jumped all over him early the Padres just let off the second inning with a leadoff triple um from I believe Jake Cronenworth is who hit that so it's four to one but they're I mean this but the Padres have one of the best offenses in in the entire league this season they've had some guys slumping as of late but overall they've had some of the best offenses or they've had one of the best offenses in the league. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. The Padres are without two of their top pitchers. They're both off the wild card roster in Mike Clevenger and Denilson Lamette. Chris Paddock on the hill today for the Padres. And it'll be very interesting to see. Liam, if you want to start what your thoughts are on this series here. And we've got a couple more and then World Series picks coming up. Uh, yeah, I think – I think even with the the Cardinals getting off the wild start this game, I still think Padres have uh, their offense will carry them. Uh, with Clevenger being out is real tough for them. But uh, Tatis, one of the best players in baseball, is exciting young guy. I think he's going to make an impact, make make big plays, and uh, um, I think that they're going to come out uh, with the series win. I think they can make a run too. I really like I really like their team. I like their offense a lot. I think they can win a lot of games. No, yeah, I, I, I like I, I like the Padres a lot, actually. I, I, I really do. I mean, not to try and be, you know, that biased, but 
I just they're just such a fun team to watch. I mean, with the way Tatis plays and with Machado and Hosmer and Myers and all their bats they have, and with how aggressive they were um, at the trading deadline to you know to just even though it's like in the shortened season, but with how aggressive they were to improve their team, like with going out and getting Mike Clevenger, who you know I mean normally you would think like why the heck would the Indians trade this guy, but obviously they had the you know the whole issue with him and the, I think it was Plezak going out and everything like that in Chicago, but. I know. I think the the Padres are a team that I feel like MLB like this. MLB really needs to get behind like a team like this and be like, you want to see fun baseball and you want to see like you know not you know freaking uh you know you know implicit rules or you know all the all the you know all the sacred rules of the game and everything like that. that everyone tries to put up which I'm which I get sick of. I get sick of that and everything like that. I just feel like it turns more people off. Like. The Padres are a team that, you know, if they if they were to win this year, I feel like it'd be great because they are a fun team to watch, and they have like they have a guy who's going to be a superstar in in Tatis. So, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, personally, I'd love to see them win. I'd love to see them win. I'd love to see them in the showdown with the Dodgers because I think uh, to me, uh, to me, based on the results, I mean, even though even even though um, San Diego finished second in the division, I mean, based on a overall run differential they ranked as the top two teams in the NL this season so I think that would be a great series to watch if it got if if they each got that far and I just I just think the Padres seeing them succeed I think would just be great for baseball in general honestly yeah I agree with your points Darren about the um, Padres they're they're easily the most fun team to watch in baseball this year they're they're full of young dudes that have energy which is what sport desperately needs I think the Cardinals will get through because we were talking about earlier about experience and how that's shown dividends so far in the playoffs, especially in the Astros twin series. And I think the same thing will kind of happen in this series. I think the Cardinals have been there before. They won a playoff series last year. Um, And they just, they have guys that know how to win. And I, I feel like the Padres are kind of, the White Sox, but, like, more accelerated. They have the dudes, the same amount of, like, young talent. They don't quite have the pitching staff, but they just seem like a year away before they're, like, true contenders. And I think the NL is a little more open. Obviously, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers, but I think the NL is a little more open for the Padres to become that team over the next five years. With that being yeah, said, I mean- yeah, uh, I mean, I. this is like one of the ultimate series of youth versus experience. The Cardinals have been a team that have just been there, done that. I mean, they still have players on their team from the World Series team. And, I mean, uh, I mean, Yadier Molina, as professional as it gets, they still have Adam Wainwright on the team. And they're just – they won a series last year. I think – like, I mean, we'll see how game one finishes out. I think game one's huge in this series. I think if the Cardinals can – hold on and take this one I think I really think that yes I think it'll be hard to beat them twice in a row I think if the if the Padres can come out and win this one I think they'll be tough to beat twice in a row I just this series I think is like the one I kind of circled and was like game one's going to be so important in this series and uh, we're just, we'll just see how it finishes out yeah the Padres did get that run in from third base with a sack fly so it is now four to two going to the third inning as we record this here as we move to the final series 
that we're going to talk about, and actually the only series that has not started since we, or while we are recording here, the Dodgers and the Brewers. Honestly, this is the one series that I would be very surprised if the other team won it, except for the Blue Jays race, but that's because the Blue Jays would have to come back from like seven runs down in like five innings. But before this started, the only team that I could not see winning it was the Brewers, which means they'll probably win it, but that's beside the point. Yeah, the Brewers are, this is like, this is kind of like the series that I just looked at, like this is, it's got to be Dodgers and two, right? I mean, you would think. I mean, the Brewers are starting Suter today who came out of the bullpen most of the season. Um, Walker Bueller hasn't had a great year. He's, you know, spent some time on the I.L., but I think Walker Bueller is one of the brightest young pitchers in all of baseball. I think he's got Cy Youngs in his future. Um, he's pitched on the big stage. He's pitched game three of the World Series. I just – and then, I mean, just the star power on offense, Bookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Jack Peterson, uh, Justin Turner, and it just – I mean, just everyone. I mean, it's just – it. I just don't think the Brewers have the horses to keep up with this team. I agree. I think the their only shot is if I think if they get if the Dodgers overlook them and uh, yeah, I think the Dodgers are more talented uh, on pretty much every aspect. And the and Yelich obviously has been having a down year. And I don't know. I just yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I don't I don't see any any scenario where the Brewers win unless something crazy happens. So yeah, no, I definitely agree with all that. I mean, I just the fact like. A statistic that I always look at that that just shocks me. In 60 games, the Dodgers have outscored teams by 136 runs. Think about that number. In 60 games, they have scored 100. It's ridiculous how good they've been. Like, for me, because, I mean, they rank first in runs and home runs and ERA and – like. I don't know, like, God, they have just been so, you know, in, they, they've just been so good for so long now. And, I mean, it, it, to me, it's inexplicable seeing how, how they still haven't been able to win a World Series with this great core they've developed. I know, I think this, is, this should be as, 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 um, as textbook of a series as you can get. Two games done, like, to, to me, just the Brewers, they just, I don't know. I know they don't have, I, to me, like, if you're, you know, when they reach at their best, I just think the Dodgers – I think the Dodgers really right now are the best team in baseball. I mean, you can argue the Yankees might be if they stay fully healthy, but the Dodgers have hitting. They have definitely have pitching. They're just so good all around. Um, and I think we'll get into these. I'll get into more. I'll get into it more once we get into our official World Series picks. But I feel like, like, I will say something. If the Dodgers, it's a weird year, but, God, if they can't win it this year, I, geez, I don't know if they'll ever get a World Series with the score that they have because they're just – I mean – Again, 136 runs in 60 games. That's how much they've beaten up on every other team they face. I mean, it's ridiculous. And if they can't, that's over. That's over two runs a game. I mean, that's I know. Insane. I know. It's it's just. I mean, they've just been in such a small sample. They've still been excellent. So I just think no. I think this should just be as formulaic as it can be. Dodgers and two. Like I'm the, like you know. I just. It's what it should be. <laughs> Yeah, if the Dodgers drop a game, I'll be shocked. If they drop a if they drop a game before that CS, I'll be shocked. That's how good they are, and that's how much talent they have. Um, only way I see the Brewers winning this series is if Yelich hits like ten home runs over three games. 
something just absolutely insane, but it's really not, it's not going to happen, especially with who the Dodgers are going to be putting on the mound. So Dodgers in two. I definitely think that the Dodgers are going to drop at least one before the CS because they're going to have to run into either the Padres or the Cardinals in the next series. And I think those teams are good enough that they'll at least get one. And honestly, I think if the Padres get there and if they get their pitchers back, I think the Padres can win that series against the Dodgers potentially. But the only way I see the Brewers having any shot in this series is if they somehow steal game one tonight. All the pressure in the world is going to be on the Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in October narrative tomorrow night. In a must-win game, trailing to the eight seed, a team that people have called an all-time great team and Clayton Kershaw's on the hill down 1-0 in that game. The pressure on him and on Kenley Jansen, if Jansen comes in late, it's going to be insanely high. And so that could be one scenario. But, all right, guys, we are going to get into our World Series picks real quick. Just give the matchup and then who you're picking to win. And then I think we have, what, World Series MVP on here, top pitcher, and maybe some sleeper teams to watch for you. Um, so we can start with Jared. You want to start? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jared. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so for the World Series, um, not surprisingly, I have the Dodgers. Um, and from the AL, I'm I'm gonna go with a little bit of a sleeper. I'm gonna go with the Rays. I uh, I really loved what I saw from the Rays this year. I think they have the pitching to get through. The question is going to be whether or not they can manufacture enough runs, especially against some of the top dudes in later series. But um, from what I've seen so far in the first round, they handled the Jays. And I think they just, they have the dudes They're They haven't made it since what, 2008. Um, they're, they're due. And I'm, I refuse to pick the Yankees. So I'll go Dodgers over race in six. Yes, I will follow Jared in that. I will def- – yeah, the Dodgers to me. I'll actually – I'm going to – I'm going to – yeah, I think I'm going to go a little bit – I'm going to go with one favorite. I'm going to go – and I'm going to go with maybe another team that isn't quite – could be a little bit of a sleeper because we've seen each – obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs just finished out in Tampa Bay Lightning. They beat the Dallas – the favorite Lakers against another team, a mid – you know, a lower-seeded team in the Miami Heat. It's like – so far in each of the championship series that we've seen across sports, there's been a favorite, and then there's been a team where it's like, okay, that you know, a little, a little bit more, but you know, a, a more of a sleeper team. So I'll pick the Dodgers as my favorite just because it's like, dear God, they've been so much better than everybody else this season. How could they not get to the – how could they not, you know, at least get to the World Series? And you know what? Just because the narrative would be so, so – rich coming off of last year i'm gonna take the houston astros (laughs) i'm going to pick the dodgers versus the houston astros and for my favorite i'm going to pick the dodgers to beat the crap out of houston in the world series either in a sweep or in five games because dear god if they get a shot at them again after 2017 they are there may not be a more motivated team to play in a world series so I, just for a narrative, I'm going to pick Dodgers versus the Astros. And I'm going to take the Astros in either four uh, – sorry, Dodgers in either four or five. 
Well, that would be amazing. How would the sports world erupt if the Astros beat the Dodgers in that World Series? Oh, my God. That, that would, would be probably be Houston. Houston, that would be equivalent. Like, for Houston, that would be of them. Like, that would basically be the equivalent of them, like, flipping off the entire That season. would be – that yeah. might even be a better night on Twitter than when the Clippers just collapsed. <laughs> like, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I guess I'll go next. So, okay, so mine, I'll, I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm going to take the Dodgers out of the National League. I mean, I just, I don't, there's just, there's really not a team that even comes close to stacking up to them. Uh, and I think that they, they should get there. If they don't, it's a massive disappointment. And in the American League, you know, coming into this, I was going to say, you know, slight bias, but I was going to go with the Indians, actually, because I think, I'll stick they with have the, They uh, I look. I think I now. Here's what I will say: If the Yankees get out of the series, I think the Yankees will be in the World Series. If the Indians get out of this series, the Indians are going to go to the World Series because they have by far the best pitching staff in the league. Their offense just doesn't quit. They found ways to scrap out games late. I'm getting 2016 vibes from this team, and I absolutely love it. Um. But just to be different, I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to say Dodgers-Indians. And uh, unfortunately, though, that's where it ends. I think the Dodgers would win that series in probably about five or six. So, Liam, are you joining? Are you making it four for four on Dodgers picks? Yeah, I'll make it four for four, but I'm going to make it – I think I, – I'm sorry. I don't – to be a little different, I, I almost picked the Braves. I think the Braves are going to make a run. I don't know why. I think they'll push the Dodgers to six or seven in the CS, but I, I don't. It's hard to say that they're gonna like. I don't know. The Dodgers are just too good, and I, I, I think the Yankees are gonna stay healthy. I think that's it's a boring World Series for me and Dodgers Yankees, but I think Dodgers are gonna be Yankees in six in six. I don't. Know. I just think uh, both teams are both teams are just most talented on on paper, and they're playing like it right now. So it's hard to pick against them. Yeah, I am. Right now, watching my World Series pick implode right now and get demolished. Um, I, I went with the Padres. Um, I went with San Diego to knock off the Dodgers in the second round. And I made that pick before I knew that both of the pitchers were going to be out. But I'm in a bracket challenge with my family, so I'm not going to change my picks. I'm going to stick to it. But uh, – Cardinals have just knocked Chris Paddock out of game one in the third inning. So it's five to two Cardinals, but the, the Padres, I just, their offense is so good and they have so much talent and they're inexperienced, but I think that if they can get hot, they have the pitching talent. If those two pitchers can get healthy, they have all the talent in the world on their squad and they can knock off the Dodgers. They can knock off any team in there if they're playing well. Um, they could also lose in this series in two games. And yeah. That would be that. And my other AL pick is also not looking very good because I went with Cleveland in the AL. So there's a very good chance that uh, while my two big upset picks in the first round, the – uh, Marlins and the Astros both are looking pretty good right now. My two World Series picks could be out by the end of tomorrow. So yeah, you need a big night tonight. What? I said you need a big night tonight. You need the Padres to turn it around. You need the Indians to show up. 
I do, but yeah, I'm going with both four seeds and I'm going with the Padres over the Indians in what would be, I think, a really fun six or seven game World Series. Oh yeah, Bieber versus Tatis would be a matchup. It definitely would. All right, anything you guys have in terms of, I mean, we kind of touched on anything else, but any final thoughts that any of you guys have before we head out? We're at about an hour here. We'll be back with another episode right after the wild card round in a couple of days. And we will see how it all turns out and maybe laugh at both my World Series teams being out. But we'll see. Any last thoughts for anybody? Can I make a bold prediction for the air? Come we on. will see at least one no-hitter before the World Series. That's, I, I'm feeling it. Mm. Pitching's been good. The, be- the hitting, I don't know. I just, I think it's, I think we're due for a postseason no hitter. How long has it been since that? How? When was the last one? Was, was it Holiday? Roy Halliday. Roy Halliday. Roy Halliday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Was that yeah. six, seven years ago? Yeah, it was two thousand eight. Two thousand twelve. I actually believe. Was it twelve? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was thinking. He no hit the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way pitching's going right now, I wouldn't, yeah, I'd say that'd be pretty plausible. It was 2010. Oh, okay. October so the 6th, year after they won the World his Series. First ever postseason appearance. And it's that was true. his second no hitter of the season. Lucas yeah, Giolito. he had thrown a perfect game earlier this year. Lucas Giolito, maybe. He threw one already this year. And he was yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. The Cubs move on. Cubs, maybe, but. Oh no! Hopefully, I just, it's the year of the pitcher. Finally, after so many years of seeing baseballs getting murdered, it's finally starting to swing. The pendulum's finally starting to swing back. We have a big news coming in right as we're about to close uh, this recording. The Marlins' center fielder Starling Marte has broken his hand after taking a hit-by-pitch in the ninth inning. That's a big, big piece for them to lose. All your teams are taking a hit sack. I know. It's just because of me. Darren Darren knows that I am, like, the curse in terms of, like, picking teams right now. I mean, I'm not not great myself either. Trust me. I mean, if if anyone listens to our NBA podcast from the past couple weeks, I mean, trust me, I I wasn't at my best. I, I, you know, it's it's all, you know, if we – we we take our lumps, but you know we 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 get we get back up and we just we keep that we do. That's that's what matters. You got to get back up and fire another scorching hot take. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, if that is it for everybody, we will be back with you guys again in a few days. For Michael Markoch, Darren Baydoun, Jared Ramsey, and Liam Jackson, I'm Zach Sardenic signing off. Thank you guys for listening. This has been a special MLB playoffs edition of the warning track on Impact 89FM. You have been listening to Warning Track, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org sports. Look at-